0: Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your team. On today's episode, Mark Gregston shares a devotional that will speak to you, no matter what your current relationship is with your team. Let's hear what Mark has to say.
1: You know, my son always used to ask me the question when we were watching TV. Yeah, you know, I think then it was like Magnum P.I. or or something. He would always look at me and go, hey, Dad, is, is this true life? Is this true life? And it's always stuck with me that that he was always asking, is this real? Is this really how it is? Is people actually do this? I mean... I find myself asking the same thing when I get on social media and I look at things. I go, "Is this really true life?" And and it's interesting. I, I've I've gotten a number of uh, articles that that have come my way that I've spent a lot of time reading and going through and marking and making notes and and. Um, I just think it's a, a, a good for us to kind of be devoted to an understanding of teens and media and this social comparison thing that's going on that is, to me, it's just out of control, that, that our kids uh, need to go a step further and say, is this true life? Is this really how it is? Because if that's the picture of life, they're always going to be frustrated with everything else. It's kind of like going to Disney World and loving the environment where you get to eat whatever you want. You get to play on rides, hear great music, emotional stuff, watch shows all the time. You're entertained, you know, like 24-7 constantly. It's always fun. It's always good. Everybody's got a smile on their face except grumpy. Uh, And you begin to think that this is real life, and and it's not. It's kind of like when I took my granddaughter. We would run from one princess to the other getting pictures, and she wanted all her pictures taken with all the different princesses. And one time we were there, and, and she goes, Papa, these really aren't princesses, are they? it's when they come to the realization that what they're seeing isn't true life and there's something different and it has a it has an amazing way of of uh changing their perspectives and many of them get depressed because they don't see life like it should be or they've been they feel like they've been lied to or they've been led astray and i i got a an, an article that somebody sent me and i i want to do a a shout out to this um to this group, it's called the Institute of Digital Media and Child Development, and and it says here that it's become one of the nation's leading nonprofit organizations dedicated to advancing and supporting interdisciplinary scientific research, enhancing human capital in the field. You know, and and, and anyway, it's it said. Uh, their website is childrenandscreens.com, childrenandscreens.com. But some of the comments that they make in this article that was sent out has been, has been just absolutely amazing for me. And, and they started out saying this. They said, every day, young people are bombarded with digitally altered ads of celebrities and paid influencers with impossibly perfect bodies disguised as living the dream. As if it isn't enough, teens and tweens are also following and scrolling through a steady stream of selfies and stories of friends who they view as popular, perfect, or hench. While we're all guilty of comparisons, teenagers are particularly vulnerable to its damaging effects. And eating disorders, depression, anxiety, dysmorphia can be the unfortunate Results and, and and they go on to say that, it, you know, it's not all doom and gloom, uh, but during this pandemic, when used mindfully, social media can help your teens stay connected, you know, and boost their feelings of self-worth and acceptance. But I think we also have to understand that many are falling prey to, to forming unhealthy expectations about themselves, you know, their social status, how they should look. Especially while engaging in social media. Now, there's a there's a book that I'm going to throw out to you too. It's a number one uh, New York Times bestseller, and it's by the author of the of the Road to Character, a guy named David Brooks. I have not met the man. I have heard him speak. Uh, he wrote a, a a book called The Second Mountain, and it's it's called The Quest for a Moral Life. and And it's interesting his comments that he makes in here, and this is out of uh, page 268 and 269 of his book, and I don't usually read things to people, but I am today because they are saying the very things that, that I have felt for quite some time. But he's talking about just how how, how people are becoming so isolated that really what's happening as a result of, of the craziness of social media is that it has created a world of social isolation and the suicide epidemic is one manifestation of this isolation. And he says this, he says, the shortened life expectancy is another. And so uh, the so-called deaths of despair, uh, mass shootings are a manifestation as well. And he says, whenever there's a shooting, there's always a lonely man that fell through the cracks of society who lived a life of solitary disappointment and one who decided uh, to try to make a blood-drenched leap from to insignificance to infamy. Guys like that are drawn to extremist ideologies that explains their disappointments and give them a sense that they are connected to something. He goes on to say that the rising levels of depression and mental health issues are yet another manifestation. People used to say that depression and other mental health challenges were primarily about chemical imbalances. But there's a fella in the in, in a book called... Uh, Lost connections, and he says this, his name's Johann Hari, and he says these mental health issues are at least as much uh, about problems in life, which is protracted loneliness, the loss of meaningful work, feeling pressured and stressed in the absence of community as they are about one's neurochemistry. so so it it, it just looks a little bit different. And he goes on to say this. He says, protracted loneliness causes you to shut down socially and to be more suspicious of any social contact. You may become hypervigilant. You start to be more likely to take offense where none was intended and be afraid of strangers. And you start to be afraid of the very thing that you need the most. And that's relationships, and so I, as I've as I've read through these things that have kind of bombarded me this past week, it's interesting to me that there is so much social comparison that's going on of what I have, what I don't have, what I need to look like, what I don't need to look like. It's and and I would encapsulate it all with a great sense of of losses that we feel like. We deserve something and didn't get it, or we should be one way, and we're not, or we don't look a particular way, or we don't have the possessions or we're not being provided enough, so it always causes this social comparison, and I think what happens is that we it gets in between our relationships. There's, uh, there's a, a lady by the name of Susan Paxton. She's a PhD at La Trobe University, and she's a professor of psychology and public health. And she says this, that social media literacy refers to taking critical analytical approach to viewing and creating social media, which means this, this is what we ought to be doing with our kids, challenging the truthfulness of images and considering the motives behind the commercial behind the celebrity, behind the peer post. And she explains, as as many of the negative effects of social media result from making unfavorable comparisons with idealized, manipulated, or carefully selected image of a person in their lifestyle, challenging the reality of the post and reducing comparisons made so they can reduce this self-evaluation that would otherwise occur." There's also another lady from Oklahoma State University where I went to school in 1973. Go Cowboys. She's an assistant professor of educational psychology and she says that emphasizing just how important it is to remind young people that social media reflects a cherry-picked highlight reel of the best parts of somebody's life. For example, um, When seeing an Instagram picture featuring a friend receiving a scholarship, instead of of concluding, I'm not as good as that friend, a teen can take it as an opportunity to learn more about the scholarship. But because that comparison happens so much, what happens is a child will look at that, somebody else getting a scholarship, well, I'm not as good as them. Or they see a picture of, of a beautiful young lady and they think, I'm not as pretty as her. So they work hard to do other things to get the same amount of attention, and that's where we see the bizarre behavior where kids are picking things to, to, to set themselves apart, where they're doing things to set themselves apart, where they're looking for the next adrenaline rush so that people will pay attention to them, thinking that if I just get more likes or more checks or more hearts or more smiles or, or, or anything that, that substantiates the feelings that I feel like I need to be, then I'll do it. And so this is where you get kids that violate the very values that you've taught them as a mom or dad to, to, because they're longing to be um, validated by a culture that, that will never, never fulfill them totally because it's not real. And so I go back to the comment that my son would always make to me: "Is this real? Is this real? Is this real life?" You know, there's there's a a lady that says this. Her name is Emily Down, and um, and she is a film director and animator. And she says it's important to talk to your kids about how they choose to curate their own feeds. She goes, I'm struck by the amount of articles online that say something along the lines of life is about creating yourself, be more interesting, be funnier, achieve more, be better. And at first glance, that sounds really good, but the problem is that the goal is infinite and the result is that people can feel like they're constantly failing because they don't live up to the very things that they're trying to achieve because they're always trying to be more and never satisfied with what they've come to, and while it's unrealistic to expect that you can keep your teens off social media altogether, it is possible to encourage them to consume healthy content in their feeds. So it's important to say, let's talk to your kids about about the content that they consume and how that makes them feel. You know, and 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 by unfollowing or muting or or eliminating any anything that has content that is. Uh, that can negatively affect their, their mental health. A feed that is um, realistic and doesn't damage self-esteem is the feed that you want your child to have. And so what that means is this. that so when you have your kids from 12 to 15, 16 years old, mom, dad, you got to be watching stuff. You got to be looking, got to be sitting down, spending some time You know, encouraging them to follow people who inspire you and motivate you to be the best version of yourself. Here's the other thing. The negative body image is one of the most common issues that young people face as a result of this social media consumption. Never have I seen more kids that have been so upset with the way they look because what they see and what they feel is important, you know, and... and. It's it's wearing them out. I mean, they. I mean, mentally, it's wearing them out. Their self esteem is poor, you know. And 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 so we've we've got to do a little bit of stuff that's a little bit different, you know. And and it just means that that I've got to make sure that my kids are not always uh, just accepting whatever they see, but they need to be asking that question. Hey, mom, is this true life? Hey, Dad, is this true life, Papa? Papa, are they really princesses? You know, I think I I think there is um, so much negativity out there, and with the absence of relationships, I think what happens is our kids aren't getting the affirmation that they need from the current of society. They may get it from you. And, and your spouse. Mom and dad, you do a great job of affirming your kids. Don't, don't hear me saying that, anything other than that. But they also need the affirmation from people around them, and they're not getting it. What they're getting is this comparison theology that is telling them they're never good enough, they never will be good enough, and they begin to hate their life. And so this is why it's important when your kids come home from school that you don't spend all your time ragging on them, telling them, this is where you're wrong. This is where you need to do better, and this is how you need to do it different. Because what you're doing is just playing the same old broken record over and over and over that they're playing in their heads, and that's what pushes them away from you. And what happens is you go, wait a minute, what did I say? All I said was this. Well, you said it at a time that they've spent the whole day processing this world of negativity. And so there, there's a part of it where you've got to spend some time and say, you know what I'm going to do is I am just going to spend some time in, and uh, talk it out. We're going to go through this and, and go through the, the, your, your teen's social media together, if you will, pointing out where the depictions of others' lives or bodies are realistic or unrealistic, uh, encourage them to reflect on their strengths, you know, and keeping in mind that perspective, the perspective that you give them can help make those comparisons a little bit easier to manage where you go, okay, is this real or is it fake? And then go to the next picture. Is this real or is it fake? Go to the next page. Is this real or is it fake? Talk about the interaction with people. And so it's, I mean, there's another lady, um, and I'm going to mess up her name, I know. It's Elizabeth Bain Morowitz, and she's at the University of Missouri. She's an associate professor of communication. you know. And, and she says this, that she said, the one way to help teens be more mindful about their social media activities to encourage them to get in touch with any feelings that arise from it. Even seemingly healthy content, such as fitness accounts, can leave adolescents feeling less than... In their peers' mind, teens should unfollow or take a break from content that makes them feel bad about themselves, and seek out body-positive influencers who promote a healthy sense of well-being instead. And we all know what that is. I mean, every one of us do. I mean, I see people working out all the time online. I mean, the Facebook. I you know, it's amazing how I'm beginning to feel like I weigh 190 pounds. I feel like I'm fat because I don't look like everybody else on Facebook that's working out that's showing me their abs all the time or, or their guns or, or their, you know, and I'm always being told I need to have this diet, eat that diet. So if, if I'm a 65-year-old and I'm kind of making that comparison thing, I can only imagine what kids would be thinking. You know, it's, it's amazing to me, it's amazing to me the influence that this is having on our kids. And so I'm going to do this. I'm just going to give you the name of the book again. One of these books is called, uh, it's by David Brooks, called The Second Mountain. The website that I'm going to tell you about that you can go to and get more and more information is called childrenandscreens.com. Here's another book. There's another book called Disconnected by Thomas Kirstein, K-E-R-S-T-I-N-G. And then there's another book by the name of Engaging Your Teen's World, Understanding What Today's Youth Are Thinking, Doing, and Watching. It's by David Eaton and Jeremiah Callahan. You guys get these books and do some reading, and I think you'll be surprised. Now, I'm not one of those guys that says, okay, everybody give up social media. I'm, not, I'm just not one of those. Uh, that's not going to happen. It's going uh, to be impossible for that to happen. But I think we can counter some of the effects. So I'm going to give you nine things that I've written down here that, uh, that I'm going to suggest to you. I'm going to give them to you kind of just rapid fire. The first thing would be this. Teach your kids how to approach social media. How do you approach social media? So teach them. second thing is this. While <clears throat> well, you can't keep them off of social media, you can help them make smart choices. And that's by you being involved with them. The third thing is follow people who inspire and motivate you and encourage your kids to do the same. Mom, dad, if you're spending all your time staring at social media all the time, making the comparisons, you're attracted in some way, for some reason. Same way your kids are. The fourth thing is this, body image is big. So stop all the fat talk and encourage a little bit more activity. The fifth thing is this. There's an importance of balancing social media with real life. And I would, I would tell you this, it's, it's saying, Hey, asking your child, Sally, is this true life? Sean, is this true life? is this true life? The sixth thing would be this, set limits, enforce rules and boundaries. I don't care how cool you want to be, mom, how cool you want to be, dad. I, want, I can tell you this from experience. Your child wants boundaries. They want structure, and you're the one that's got to make it happen. And if you don't, then your child will violate those boundaries and violate those rules in other ways. It only gets bigger as they get older. The seventh thing would be this. Talk about negative self-image. Just about the way that we pick up, the way that we look at things in our life. How do we do that? How do we come up with who we are? And make sure you're having those discussions with your kids. Determine what's real and what's fake would be the eighth thing. Um the ninth thing would be this. Educate your kids about social media, filters, comparisons, because it's easy to get lost in somebody else's fantasy. Hey, I hope this helps a little bit. I, I have been struck by uh, these articles and some of the uh, chapters that I've read in a couple of these books about the impact that it's having on our kids. And I'm convinced of this. The only way that we're going to counter the effects of uh, the contrary influence that this is having on our kids' culture is for mom and dad to get more involved, to see how potentially dangerous social media can be because of the comparisons that happen in the lives of our kids. The social comparison And help our kids not do that so that they isolate themselves and move away from us rather than moving toward us. Hey, I hope you have a great day. Do this. Sign up for our parenting newsletter at parentingtodaysteens.org. It is chock full of so many resources. Um, It's absolutely amazing. And we work hard to put that out every week. And uh, you're going to enjoy it. And it's something that you can send to a youth group, to your church. You can send it to other people. You can forward it on. It's, it comes out every Monday and it also gives you an opportunity to ask me questions. And uh, then I answer those online and we spend another day answering the questions that you ask. Hey, have a great day.